Welcoming the NSA to another episode of This Conversation Rocks. And hey, I'm Todd in Los Angeles, but I'm not disclosing where. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me laugh, man. It hurts my suture. (laughs) We're going to try to get through without causing Diane too much pain, but let's face it, we've probably failed already. Yeah, we pretty much have. (laughs) So, you know, interesting enough, we've been talking about doing a First Amendment episode for a while now yeah and then we tried a couple weeks ago and we just tanked one <laughs> nothing either one of us wanted to to publish and so we decided we're going to take another shot at it and what happens as we're getting ready this week lots of free speech issues it's amazing how the universe works out sometimes it is amazing how the universe supports our endeavors constantly <laughs> Universe has a personal relationship with you and me. <laughs> well, death is going to put up the bar stools at the end of the night once it's all said and done. He's already pouring the last round. <laughs> Gotta go. Uh, all right. So, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, First Amendment. That's right, because this is this is the bong hits for Jesus episode. <laughs> okay, you chose the name. It is the bong hits for Jesus episode. Oh, yeah, there is no doubt. (laughs) So what is the First Amendment? I mean, I think we should start there, right? Because this is the Sunday morning civics lesson. Yeah, so do you have it up? I do. So I don't I didn't write down the actual verbiage of the First Amendment, but it basically guarantees the following five freedoms, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of assembly and freedom to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Okay, so now let's get into the actual civics lesson. <laughs> and we're going to talk pretty much about speech today. I think we're probably going to cover more of the First Amendment in coming episodes. Seems like uh, we're going to need to. I th- Well, I think it's going to take a while for us to get through even the Bill of Rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I agree, I agree. Um... Which, this is the first of ten amendments that, that are a part of the Bill of Rights. Right. For people who need really basic civics lessons like me, because my government class was a long time ago. <laughs> and not particularly interesting to you at the time, I'm right, sure. Right, right. Now it's much more interesting, unfortunately. Yeah, that's it, right? I've been talking to people, and it's like, People ask me stuff, you know, because I, I, they know that I've got an interest in stuff and I have a degree in political science. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I got to go look that up. Like, I have to go figure out what exactly is given the president the right to unilaterally declare trade sanctions, you know, against the, the rest of the world. Because I don't know what mechanism that is. You know, so. But apparently there is a mechanism, right? It's happening. It's happening. But I don't even know. I mean, we're in such crazy town right now. I don't even know if there is really a mechanism or if it's just happening. Exactly. Right. So, uh, you know, tune in, tune into our next episode when we'll have a 20 minute timeout of the Bill of Rights to talk about trade. (laughs) That's probably not a bad idea. Oh, man. You know, 
Yeah, it's not that trade's sexy, but it's freaking important. Well, and the thing is, and I, I know that we're already completely off track, but the people who are getting hurt are the people who are growing soybeans, the people who are raising pigs. They're not, people you know. Have, the people who have fishing operations. Yeah. And done immigrant labor to clean the fish and everything else. Yeah, you know. Hey, what is, and what is that? Uh, the people who voted for the current president. I was going to say, what is that? The base. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, we'll follow, we'll follow that story next week. <laughs> but okay, so back to Bong Hits for Jesus. So, of course, my biggest thing with, with uh, freedom of speech, and, and we should be clear, not just freedom of speech, but then entire five freedoms that you're given in the First Amendment their protection from the federal government. Exactly. And that's some of the reading that I did prepping for this episode. That's really the point is it's not protections for private corporations. It's not protections for Samantha B from TBS or whoever she's working for. It's not protections for, for Roseanne Barr from ABC. It's protections for them from being persecuted by the government. Right. It's right. It's what keeps the government from being able to step in here and shut down everybody's favorite podcast. And I did say persecuted and not prosecuted for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's it's a distinct it's a it's uh, it's not even a distinction in my opinion. I mean, it's just a reality that people do not understand. I that's exactly right. You know, I mean, everybody thinks that their first amendment right is what their first amendment right to speech is to really say whatever they want whenever they want no it's your right to say it and not get busted out by the feds right and there are limits on it are mm -hmm. absolute limits on the freedom of not yelling fire in a crowded theater mm-hmm go do that you're gonna go to jail causing a stampede and the resulting mayhem and you know death and dismemberment there was that guy, in fact, you know, there was that guy in Florida over the week at Disney World who was drunk and running around to people on the beach saying there was an active shooter situation. At oh, Disney World. no, really? Yeah, and it was, you know, and then he was like, oh, no, it's just a YouTube prank. Kind of, I'm drunk. Duh. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't get well, protected. He, he doesn't, no, he woke up in the back of the sheriff's car. Yeah. Got it again. Um yeah, you, you're not protected from doing that. You are protected. You are absolutely protected, you know, uh, as the Westboro Baptist Church, you know, and you can show up on public property and say heinous, hateful, disgusting things. That's protected. So let's talk about why that is. I mean, first of all, so probably... At least some of the people who are still listening to us don't know the difference between, or don't don't really know what the whole bong hits for Jesus thing is about. I mean, you and I know it because it happened in Alaska when you were living here, and and it was something that we heard. Yeah. So interesting enough, bong hits for Jesus is not protected speech because it was a it occurred at a high school in Juno. In Juno, my alma school. mater. Yeah. There you go, baby. And so uh, proud. Yeah. I know. It just brings a tear to your eyes. It does. 
anyway, so this kid, I, I, I don't know. Apparently, there was some something, some public event that was going in front, that was going to then go in front of the high school. And so the kid, seeing an opportunity for publicity, put up a big banner that said "Bong Hits for Jesus." And it he actually, was... and he got. Uh, oh, it was it was the 2002 Winter Olympic Winter Olympics torch relay. Awesome. So it was going past the high school, and all of the high school kids were piled out to watch the torch relay. And he held up this sign that said "Bong Hits for Jesus." Um, this kid's name was Joseph Frederick. So yeah, Joe. <laughs> undoubtedly, undoubtedly was stoned when he did this and thought hey this will be funny this is a good um, idea yeah right because that's generally how these things start um yeah anyway so he found out it wasn't a good idea he was uh suspended he then turned around and sued the school for violating his civil rights specifically his freedoms uh and the courts found all the way the supreme court upheld this one that your freedom as a student are not the same as your freedom as a 18 year old citizen you have a what they courts have carved out to be a limited freedom of speech <laughs> and they said what does it i i did some reading about it too and it said the first amendment does not pre prevent educators from suppressing speech at a school supervised event if reasonably viewed as promoting illegal drug use so they right. really like honed in on this case very finely and said, because of what this kid was promoting, the educators have a right to suppress his speech. Right. Now, if it had been a private event, would they have held, they, they could if, not have held the same. If it was not a school, if it was not a school sanctioned event that was put on or provided by the school, then yeah, I don't the, think he there would have been a case. I agree. I don't think that they could have expelled him because he was doing it at a private event versus a school event. Right. That was That's certainly the way that I read the, the ruling, too. And because uh, at a private event, the school would have had no jurisdiction over the students. Right. right? So, um, but anyway, if you go to grad night at Disneyland, hang a banner out the thing that says, at the bus window that says, bong hits for Jesus, you're probably going to get suspended. Although you're grad, so what do you care? <laughs> <laughs> Well, but if they suspend you before they give you your diploma, you could be in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, this is the thing, right? Is that it's really weird. But yeah, students in public schools are actually have less civil rights as a result of being in the public school system. So what? Never... So what you're saying though is back to the Baptist, Westboro Baptist Church because they are a church and they're like a protected class because they're a church, they can get away with saying horrible things publicly. No, that... no it's not because they're a church. It's because they're just adults. Okay. Because it's, because it's private and not like a government sanctioned thing. Right. Right. So they can say these horrible things and the government can't shut them down because they're not violating any laws by doing this. They are, in fact, exercising their First Amendment rights, just like everybody is, you know, if you go on a mar protest march for anything, right, or whatever, right? Now, interestingly enough, the Supreme Court has held, has upheld that using a bullhorn is not protected because you don't give people the ability to get away from you. Oh, how interesting. Right. So it's the whole... You know, it's not necessarily enforced, right? Because I've seen plenty of rallies where people are using bullhorns and stuff. But basically, though, if you were to like go to the corner 
Well, if you were to go to the 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 last black blockbuster there in Anchorage, it now has the <laughs> Russell Crowe memorabilia collection, um, and stand outside there with a bullhorn, you'll get arrested. Interesting. But if you walk over with a placard, you can tell people, I'm sorry, if you don't like it, you can turn your back or close your eyes. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, so, you know, so yeah, but again, this is to prevent the government from coming in and cracking down on speech. Even, you know, I mean, that's why the Nazis get the right to, to rally and protest. Why the KKK can put on their stupid costumes. <laughs> So let's talk about calling someone a feckless cunt versus calling someone who is a black woman a gorilla. Well, let's talk about let's talk about consequences of your actions, right? In the first, in so in the case of Roseanne Barr, ABC canceled her show. Right. Right. ABC, ABC is owned by Disney. Disney is in the family business. Roseanne Barr said a lot of things that are not in the family business, you know, including comparing uh, an African American woman to an ape, uh, tweeting out conspiracy stuff about Peta Peta Pizza Gate. Oh, Pizza Gate! Remember we talked about Pizza Gate in our Alex Jones episode. Right. You know, relaying Alex Jones conspiracy stuff. You know, and basically ABC had enough and pulled the plug on her. And her speech is not protected because it's not a government thing. The government isn't trying to suppress her speech. Right. ABC isn't even really trying to suppress her speech. No, they're not suppressing her speech. They're just saying, fuck you. You can't be part of us if you're going to talk like that. Right. Which every corporation has that ability to do. You know? Yeah, you didn't see the government come in and arrest Roseanne Barr, right? Right. Saw the corporation that she works for go, man, fuck this, right? They're like, fuck this person. (laughs) You know, because the thing is, is like, you know, people talk about, you know, ABC made this really brave decision or this really foolhardy decision. You know, all depends on where you stand on the issue and everything, you know, and they gave up their top rated show, but, you know. Do you really think that, like, they hadn't considered that this might end up being where they were going to end up? They knew who they were getting in bed with again. Right. Yeah. And the point that I heard made over and over again, which I think is valid, is that from there on out, from that tweet onward, they were going to have to answer for Roseanne every time they were in the public eye. Right. And, you know, honestly, if I was the head of ABC... Who happens to be a black woman... Or the head of Disney, who happens to be a white guy, I just really wouldn't want to have to deal with that every time. You know, it's a distraction from the rest of your corporate activity. Right. Making money. And <laughs> you know, not to not to put too fine a point on it, but I'm learning more and more about how interconnected Marvel and Disney and all of those rights to all of those shows and characters are. So Disney actually has a lot to lose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Disney's not interested in in getting people upset with their brand at all. (laughs) You know? And if that means a little sacrifice on ABC's part, then big deal. Big whoop. Big whoop. 
So what about Samantha they're really, B? They're really, oh, you know, go ahead. Um, they're already in talks to to bring the show back next season. Just Darlene and no and no uh, Roseanne. Hmm. You know, I don't think they're really... going to have much success with the show. I think it'll be a loss later, but okay. Yeah, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens. But that's going to be their move. Huh? Yeah, I you know. Inspiring, isn't it? Yeah. You still there? Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing all sorts of weird feedback that NSA is monitoring poorly today, or they're monitoring heavily today, one of the two things. That's a sl- <laughs> slow day, I guess, right? <laughs> they're like, oh, those damn people from LA and Alaska are podcasting again. Ugh. <laughs> oh, or maybe maybe it's the other way around. They're like, oh shit, that's how the First Amendment works. Hey, guys, <laughs> get on this. Listen to this thing for a second, will you? Like, oh, that's the first amendment in the Bill of Rights. Oh, my God. (laughs) So is what we're doing illegal or not? I don't know. They haven't said yet. (laughs) The government Uh, is not allowed to suppress your speech or mine because we're not advocating anything bad. And we're we're doing it on as private citizens. Also, though, guys, if you don't have a warrant, you're not supposed to be listening. (laughs) Uh, but if you are there, hey, welcome, and we'll take it, because, you know... Because we're happy to have our, more listeners. Yeah, it just doubled our number of listeners. <laughs> Depending on how many people are monitoring, it could have, like, quadrupled our number of listeners. Holy shit. This is a record week here at this conversation. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So then, you know, people want to then draw this apples-to-apples comparison with Samantha B. Sure, because Samantha B. had the misfortune of misspeaking in the same week that Roseanne lost her show. No, no, let's be clear. She didn't misspeak. She she, Actually, you're right. She was being completely right where she wanted to be. Right. She absolutely said what she wanted to say. She's showing a little bit of regret now because it didn't land the way she'd hoped it would, but uh, personally, I thought the joke was funny. I mean, let me, I'll be right up front. I thought that she landed that joke well. I thought the point was absolutely valid, and I think the proof of that the point was valid is the fact that everybody's rushing to brush her away by saying, oh my God, she used the C word. And that's what it's all about, ultimately, isn't it? It's not about saying something offensive about Ivanka Trump. I think if she had said something a little less incendiary than the word cunt, Perhaps it would not be getting the airplay that it's getting. Or maybe it would be because, again, just trying to divert from her actual point, which is that we're separating families at the border and putting children into some kind of detention system without their parents. You know what's really interesting and really tragic and another another point that I've heard made about what we're doing to these families? We are wreaking long-term havoc on the neural circuitry in these kids' brains by separating them from their families. Yeah. No fucking doubt. I mean, we are wreaking long-term health consequences on these kids by separating them from their families. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, and the thing is, that's the point of the joke, folks. If you don't like the language that was used, well, sorry, but that was the point of the joke. And I don't see any joke in what Roseanne was tweeting, which was just curious, racist, xenophobic, conspiracy, 
bullshit. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the line that I see. I mean, does Samantha Bee's network have the right to sanction her or end they... her show? Absolutely, because again, her speech is not protected. Right. You know, will TNT have to cave to some pressure? Who knows? Right? We'll see. My guess is probably not. There's but... a big difference between blatant racism and a bad joke, though. Yeah, and again, the bad joke thing, though, just depends on where you stand, because I thought the joke was hilarious. Right? <laughs> I thought that she nailed it, right? It's really bad optics to be showing this beautiful picture of you and your loving family, blah, 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 while the administration that you are a key part of is destroying families at the border. Right? Like, so, I mean, I thought that it was all fair game. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure how that measures up with calling a woman an ape. Yeah. I want now, you to talk about Jim Jeffries' comment on this whole thing, though, because I, I think that your point that you made when you and I were talking privately is really accurate. Which, go ahead and lay it out, but let me, let's clear the, clear the, Deck first. The hate mail, that's Brian Williams. <laughs> at the 11th hour at msnbc.com. Even if it's not hate mail, send it to him anyway. He'll be happy to hear from somebody. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyway. There now may that be we've... some injustice. You know, Roseanne loses her show, but Brian Williams still has a career. Yeah, but you know what? He didn't call a woman an ape based on the color of her skin. Yeah, but more importantly, Brian Williams did not cause such a situation for his corporate overlords that they needed him to just be totally gone. Yeah. It's like the NFL. You can be an asshole in the NFL, right, and still get to play year after year or whatever, right? You can do jail time, come back and play from play some more, right? Because there's money to be made and everything. The the calculation with Roseanne, and to be clear to everybody, the calculation with Roseanne was the money we make from her isn't worth the headaches that we are now enduring yes. and will continue to endure. The conversation that we will continue to have to have every time we are in the public eye. Right. Right. Yeah. So, because, you know, if the money had been worth it, they'd keep her. By the way, I think that the uh, statement from the makers of Ambien was hilarious. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah, she tried to then blame a Ambien. For... Yes, and they said racism racism is not a known side effect of taking Ambien. <laughs> no, but living in a bubble, smoking your own shit, and you know, so on and so forth is. And we'll get to Jim Jeffries in a second, but I want to also say that, you know, the, the same thing, in my opinion, was true with Michelle Wolf and the correspondence comment, you know, about Sarah B Huckabee Sanders, you know, burn, burns all the truth and then uses it to make that smoky eye. Right. It's an awesome joke because it gets to the point that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is a liar. And the reason everybody got outraged about it was because they were trying to deflect the reality of she's a fucking liar. She goes on. She goes in front of the press every day, and she lies. And they lie. And she lies about things that you don't even need to lie about. Just as the administration has done from the beginning. With oh my God, we had the biggest turnout ever for an inauguration. 
So what's huh. really interesting to me is I, what I think about is that both of these situations, the situation with Michelle Wolf, the situation with Samantha B, they were really making jokes about something that is true. Whereas, yeah. uh, you know, once again, Roseanne was just making this bizarre statement out of nowhere that was just a racist trope. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, had Samantha B, you know, used some racist language and stuff, we could be having a different conversation. Absolutely. And a joke is never more funny than when it really gets at the heart of the truth. Right. But, you know, was she insulting and derogatory? Sure. But you're gonna be in the administration in the public eye and stuff gotta kind of have a thick skin let's be honest Ivanka's been called far worse than a feckless con (laughs) probably by her father Uh, one of the jokes that that I heard in follow up was basically, you know, Donald. I think it was Bill Maher who said it. Donald Trump was offended because he was like, "What? No one gets to talk about my, my daughter that way except me." Yeah, you know, you fucking pedophilia, incestual fuck. Ew. <laughs> you know. Uh, right, because yeah, he said actually way way worse things about his daughter. You know, and I, also, I, I wonder, you know, if the problem was the word feckless, which would have required so many people to have actually looked up the definition. I'm going to have to see what the top Google hit for feckless is or how feckless comes up in Google. <laughs> yeah, so the first two searches are feckless and feckless meaning when you just put in FEC. So. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so. It is not an apples to apples thing. I refuse to participate in pairing it as being the same thing. I'm not defending one action over the other because they're equivalent, you know, and one's on my side. I'm defending Samantha B because she made a joke about somebody in the administration. If you don't like it, too goddamn bad. I'm not defending. I am, in fact, tagging Roseanne because she wasn't making jokes. She was just making racist fucking statements. Yeah. And conspiracy shit and everything else, right? She was not. And about someone who is not in a position of power anymore. Not that it makes it okay if if Valerie Jarrett was still in a position of power. Um, I mean. Or the attacks on Chelsea Clinton. Right. Or on George Soros. I mean, it was like, man, you just went for the trifecta there. (laughs) Woke up this morning and went, yeah, I got some shit to get off my chest. Because last night I was listening to Alex Jones. While I was taking Ambien. (laughs) While I was taking Ambien, right? You know. Look, it's just like, you know, friends don't let friends drunk dial. You know, friends should not let friends tweet. You know, that's all there is to it. But if you do tweet and people don't like it, well, it was your choice to tweet. Nobody put a gun to your head and said, hey, you know what you need to do? You need to tweet these things out right now or I'm going to kill you. (laughs) By the way, both of these things, completely protected speech as far as the federal government is concerned. As long oh, because because (laughs) this is interesting too, right? So because there are some nuances. Samantha B could not have said that during prime time on a network channel. Oh. FCC would have been able to crawl all over her ass. Because of the word cunt. Obviously. Right. Yeah. But because she's on cable and not in prime time, rules are different. 
For which I'm grateful. And it's also one of the reasons I believe networks just continue to fail. Because <laughs> they're like, oh my god, somebody said a bad word. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to get to the heart of the bad word? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So... So yeah, this is okay. So I gotta be honest. This has always been my question about the word "cunt." Why is it so much more of a derogatory comment than any other swear word for genitalia of either sex? I don't know. I've got to tell you that "twat" and "cunt" are two of my favorite words. So, although I really reserve "cunt" for those emotionally charged moments. Well, the other thing is, and, and the the point that I made when we were talking before we we started recording is that. Also, some of the most offensive things that we still do to can do to each other in conversation or that we think somehow is, is horribly offensive is to, to make a slur about someone's sexuality in general. Right. Sex act, sexuality. Yeah. And, it, Which... and you know, it, so, yes, dick doesn't carry the same pejorative weight that cunt does, but... But why not? Right? And, and it's still considered pejorative if you call someone a dick. Depending on the ironic use of it or not, right? Right. <laughs> but or, you know. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It's just it's just interesting to me that that it all kind of is about human sexuality and offending people around sexuality. Like somehow that's the thing that's terrible. Right. I mean, it's just kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it is the vast majority of of our swear words right you know fuck you yeah cocksucker whatever right and going for that explicit rating today <laughs> you know but but yeah it just it's kind of weird that that's actually the bar the low bar of our swearing is... yeah what is supposed to be actually one of the the most sacred things about our our interaction and connection with each other right yeah yeah, the thing that we all want to actually be doing, right, is what we use to insult people with. It makes a little sense. So, but having said that, you know, I, I get it. Like, there's this really, you know, taboo uh, word out there, cunt. Um, but, like, I'm with Jim Jeffries. Like, America needs to get over this word. Well, and what did he say? I think he said something really funny, like, you just have to say it with the right accent. <laughs> Maybe true. Yeah. <laughs> Say it as an Australian, it's just awesome. Um, <laughs> I hope he's from Australia, otherwise I've just... Yeah, he's him. Australian. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, but yeah, it's just... Yeah, and make make no mistake, right? Like, had Trevor Noah or John Oliver said the same thing, like, it would have been really bad. Right, you know, for a guy, you know... Oh, guy. sure. Yeah, to have it come from a man versus a woman would have been... Then there would have been that overlay of, of sexism that was even bigger than what people were accusing Samantha Bee of. But again, going back to First Amendment, it's all protected speech. Yeah. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And protected against the government, but not protected against consequences otherwise. And even though you and I agree that, that Samantha Bee's infraction, if you want to call it that, was so much less in in gravity than Roseanne's, if her her... If TNT wants to do something about that, TNT has the right to do that. Right. Nobody's saying otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. TNT is probably, like, doing the calculation. New viewers are going to get as a result. Right. Is it worth hanging on to Samantha B for the word cunt? It might be. 
because <laughs> the thing is, they're not going to lose any viewers, right? Like nobody who watches Samantha B is now going to not watch. Right. Samantha nobody B. who watches Samantha B is going to cringe and say, oh, "I can't believe she said that word." Right. About Ivanka, no less. Right. <laughs> Everybody watching the show probably went, "Well, that was fucking funny." Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, yeah, TNT is in this situation where you know we're gonna stop watching. Might get some actual additional people. I may actually have to start watching. <laughs> I've kind of just been limiting myself to one show a week for a while. That's probably but healthy. It'd only be healthy if I also then stopped looking at the news. Right. I I said to my sister recently that I need to watch more TV and less news. Yeah, because it's awful. I actually have been driven to the point over the last few days where I have been like, no, I can't watch this. And I've been turning the TV off altogether. Right. Because it's just, I am finally at that point where, you know, listening to Michael Cohen scream and savage a reporter... It, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't it doesn't elevate the discourse. It doesn't illuminate what a horrible person he is. I'm already there. Um, right. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's really to the point where it just is painful to watch. Yep. All right. So um, I think we've kind of hit the First Amendment. Yeah. Well, we hit the, the speech portion anyway. We've got four other things to talk about, but we'll talk about them at some other point. Right. All right, so uh, and we've and we've absolutely used our freedom of speech to to get the explicit rating. Absolutely, thank goodness your boss isn't going to be pissed. <laughs> uh, thank God, I actually don't have any clients that listen to this show. <laughs> I don't think I do either. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, otherwise, we could find ourselves, you know, as the on the losing end of, uh, of a boycott, you know? you know, it absolutely would be everybody's right to boycott, you know, because we're protected against the government, but we're not protected against our consequences. Otherwise, right. I guess I should say protected from the government. So you also wanted to talk about the right to try, which we both agree is something that completely got overshadowed by by all of this stuff that was going on with Roseanne and Samantha B this week. So yeah, so earlier in the week, uh, the Trump administration passed a lot, passed the right to try law, which I was like, what is that? So I went and I looked, and it's like, okay, if you were terminally ill and have run through all possible options, and there are drugs that are out there that are somewhere in the FDA approval process, but not actually on the market yet. You can then ask for a special dispensation to be allowed to use those drugs. And, I, you know, my first thought was, what the fuck, followed by, fuck you, it's a Republican thing, so it's a trap. <laughs> um, <laughs> followed by, wait a second, I really should go look at this because, you know, that's just a knee-jerk reaction. Um, but so I went and I looked at it. So interestingly enough, 41 states already had this law. That I didn't know. Right. Yeah. Um, because it's an easy law to pass. It's a feel-good law, right? Because basically it does say that you can go through all this. But nobody's providing you with the drugs. 
the pharmaceutical companies don't have to provide you with the drugs. Right. We're if not saying do, that your insurance company has to pay for it. Right. And by God, they're not going to. You know, and if you think about what it must cost to get a dose of a drug that has not been approved by the FDA, you know, like, that's not going to be cheap. So, also, you know, also, go ahead. You know, and the thing is, is, to me, it's mostly just providing false hope. Yes, that's where I was going to go with that. I mean, to me, my immediate reaction when you, you brought it up and, and I looked it up today was... This just goes back to our fear of death and our fear of admitting that that we're going to die. Right. You know, I mean, people don't understand. There's this there's this awesome book and I highly highly recommend it. It's by a guy named Robert Martinson and it's called Oh god, shit, I'm going to forget the name. It's a book about it's a book about dying gracefully basically. I have to look it up and uh, and get the name because this guy is an ER doc and a medical ethicist and he actually in the first couple of chapters lays out what all of those different categories of research are when a drug is going through FDA approval. And what people don't understand is that some of these drugs the FDA is just the or the companies that are going through all these trials are just basically in the point of figuring out whether or not this drug is even going to do anything. So, you know, they may be accessing a drug under their idea that it's going to be helpful to them and under this whole right to try thing. And basically the trials are just in the place where they're trying to figure out what's a toxic dose and what's not, or, right. or if a is better than B. Right. There's a reason that stuff takes a long time to go through the trial process. And there's a very good reason, right? Because otherwise you just got snake oil out there. Well, you know, and, and the thing is, is a lot of people, because they don't understand how FDA trials work, think that if they get a first phase drug, they're getting something that's potentially curative. And they're really not. They're just guinea pigs. No, I mean, because, I mean, how many people, you know, still die? Right. You know, you know, with all the medical stuff we have, right? You know, you still people still die. You know, what was the guy's name? Um, his name is Robert Martinson. I'm gonna look him up on Amazon here real quick. Or do you have Amazon up? Um, God, maybe I don't even have his name right anymore. <laughs> Right, well, uh, okay, books been Amazon. Um, yeah, no, the effectiveness of correctional treatment. No, that is not him. <laughs> okay, well, anyway. Hmm. I'm terrible. I, my brain is so addled, I can't even remember the name of the book. It's a great book, though. It's a book about medical ethics, and I wish I could remember the name of it because it's really, really great. I'll have to do some research and get back to, to folks um, and try to... Because the guy who does come up, Robert Martinson, he is... He was big on prison reform. Yeah, no, this is somebody... I think it's somebody different. Okay. So anyway... We interrupt this. We we interrupt this podcast to bring you a, a, a un, 
authorized paid uh, <laughs> or something. I don't know. God, I just fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Oh, it's called A Life Worth Living. Okay. See, it just took. I just had to get the right circuitry, like, working again. Okay, so. All right. I got. Someone... I did get the name right. It is Robert Martinson, okay. and it's you know M A R T E N S E N. It's called "A Life Worth Living: A Doctor's Reflections on Illness in a High Tech Era." Okay. Highly recommend this book. I'll put it on our Facebook page. We gotta talk about our Facebook page. <laughs> like how unattended our Facebook page is. And how we shouldn't be supporting Facebook. Oh, uh, can we not go there today? I agree. Okay, we can go there eventually. But right now, I'm going to go to our Facebook page and put this book ad on our Facebook page. Okay, excellent. Um, then Kindle, seven ninety nine. There you go. Yep, totally worth every penny and then some. Anyway, yeah, so if you want to know how FDA trials of experimental medications really work, highly, right. highly, highly recommend reading this book. Because... And, you know, I mean, yeah, and the thing, the thing is, is that if you think that it isn't, that this is somehow some solution to the problem, it ain't. Right. Right, but, but it is feel-good legislation. And false hope, I agree. You know, that he's going to be able to use. And let me be clear. If the Dems had just passed this, I'd be saying the same thing. You know, this is just false hope. Yeah. Doesn't do any good. Did I lose you again? No, no, no. We're good. I'm just listening to you. Okay. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I was, I was disappointed... Wait, that's the wrong word, I suppose. It's just a cheap, it's just a cheap parlor trick, you know. Both sides, uh, like I said, forty-one states have passed this, right? So my guess is Democrats are as equally responsible for this. As... Well, sure, because they look bad if they're going against someone's right to try a drug that might save their life. Yeah, but it's not a right. It's a thing. Uh, no, I agree. I... Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, it's not a right. It's... I'm putting this, putting that on our Facebook page, too. It's not a right. It's not enshrined by the Constitution. No. <sighs> People have overblown what are actually rights, you know, in this country. You know, I think it goes back to a little bit what we were talking about with the First Amendment and people not understanding that the whole point of the First Amendment is protection from the government. Right. It also is, you know, people have conflated this, it's my right to blah, blah, blah. No. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've conflated rights, and I put that in quotes, into something that, that truly we all have. And, and I mean, I think that there are some things where that's true, but your right, quote unquote, to get a medication that is still in trials. Not right, yeah. It's not like your right to free speech. Nope. Nope, not at all. But I think it, it goes back to that particular dumbing down. 
you know, of, of just how government works in general and what government affords us as private citizens. Right. And by the way, this is where I'm going to really, really uh, give a shout out to Preet Bharara's podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want a master class in federal judicial federal judiciary system awesome and it's entertaining and it's interesting he's talking with people who are all part of the system you know i listen every now and then and i think i need to listen more maybe i need to dedicate more of my podcast listening time to that because uh yeah yeah we need to be more smart about more smart we need to be smarter about no, more smart, I think. Was <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's true. We do need to be more smart. <laughs> and and basically, we have to understand what's the difference between the Westboro Baptist Church and Bong Hits for Jesus. That really boils it down. It really does. Yep. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so read this book, listen to that podcast. Right. Anything else? I mean, once again, this has been one big fuck that guy. Sort of, kind of, but not entirely. Not entirely. But do you have any fuck that guys or halls of honorable mention that we haven't really... You know, I'm going to give the... I'm going to go with the honorable mention to, uh, to Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> now I'm intrigued. Giuliani is doing more for our side. Because <laughs> every time he opens his mouth, he's just speaking the truth. He's all, you know, just last week, he's all, it's going to come down to impeach or not impeach, and we want people, you know, so you've already conceded the fact that the guy is going to go through, going to get to the point where we're going to impeach him. Like, you, Giuliani has basically said that the impeachment trial is inevitable, which is an amazing statement because that also concedes the fact that you've just lost the house. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, this is an amazing statement. From your lips coming, to God's ears. And that's coming from Trump's own lawyer. So yeah. to which I say, Rudy, you keep on talking. <laughs> and, and anytime you want to come on our podcast and be interviewed, we will love that. <laughs> we'll be as friendly as Hannity, I promise. Why not? <laughs> you know, because, you know, Hannity's just sitting there, you know, throwing softballs, and then all of a sudden Giuliani was off. Yeah, we absolutely paid off Stormy Daniels, you know, as a campaign contribution. What? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's not a technical campaign contribution. Okay. But we did pay her off. Okay. I didn't ask you. Yeah, I know you didn't ask, but it's on everybody's mind. So I just thought I'd tell you. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, you know, God, you know, let's get this guy in the room. Let's get this guy in the room with Mueller, right? I, I'd love to see that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Rudolph Giuliani and Mueller together. That would be a beautiful thing. Yeah. Because, you know, and, and now Giuliani's all, absolutely, we have every right to use the subpoena and everything, right? You know, well, no, you don't. You're not above the law. You're just the president, not the king. However, if you want to prove this point, let's go ahead and do that too, you know, because we do need to get this worked out. 
He seems to think that um, that Trump has the right to pardon himself. That that was brought up in the news today as I was was watching this morning while I was waking up and having my first cup of coffee. Right. Um, of course they do. You know, and it is discouraging that they think that. Um, but, you know, we're going to let the courts decide. We're going to end up letting the courts decide if we live in a dictatorship. I'm kind of scared that we do. Yeah, but, you know, maybe we should just be honest about it. Yeah. Uh, and then we can go ahead and repeal the Constitution. And, you know, Trump can be, you know, dictator for life. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. NSA, yeah. welcome. Welcome. You know, <laughs> you know, obviously not anything I'm happy about or anything, but, you know, like at least if that's where we're headed, let's just go ahead and get there. You know, and give the rest of us a chance to go ahead and, you know, head to New Zealand or whatever. <laughs> Or Australia, country. back with Jim. <laughs> yeah, whatever country will actually have our worthless asses. Right. Well, you and I are worth something. You've got a good IT brain, and I've got healthcare skills, so, you know. Yeah, but, you know, wasn't really looking to do the expat thing, but, you know. Yeah, me either. I've got too many things that I would have to move and ship and sell. Too hard. So, anyway, let's hope that it gets sorted out. But anyway, yeah, because... By putting him in the Hall of Honorable Mention, I'm also telling you, fuck you. <laughs> You're combining the two categories this week. That's impressive. I am clever. <laughs> Wiley E. fucking Coyote here. Well, I'm uh, just going to say, not Hall of Honorable Mention. Fuck that guy. Gravity. Gravity sucks. So the reason oh, that yeah. I, I'm... Yeah, the, yeah, the reason yeah, that yeah. I'm all slurry like, and... What? What is, I'm like, you're bringing up the Sandra Bullock film now? <laughs> no, I'm more slurry than usual, and I'm more misspoken than usual because my lip is still so horribly swollen from the face plant that I took last Sunday, and the sutures are still working their way out. So, yeah. Gravity bites. Uh, okay. Bubble wrap. Yeah, that's what people keep saying, but I'm I'm actually not even convinced that that's going to work at this point. Because at some point, you know, the police are just going to show up and want to talk to Nick because <laughs> nobody's this clumsy. Yeah, but he's got that big-ass scar on his arm that he could blame on me. So, you know, it's an equally volatile relationship. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's hope it doesn't get... <laughs> Is it an annual thing for you? It feels like it's an annual thing. It feels like it's an annual thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, the of May. <laughs> May and June, yeah. Yeah, yeah be, beware the Ides of spring, apparently. <laughs> Somewhere um, elsewhere, but spring up here, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm going to do a kickstart for Bubble Ramp for Diane. <laughs> That could actually be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And it does hurt to laugh, by the way, but I'm doing it anyway, so it's been a good hour. <laughs> taking, taking, taking one for the team. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, you got a Neil Gaiman quote to get us out? Of course I do, and it's about the freedom of speech. So How, um, how awesome is that? Right, of course, because it's Neil Gaiman. 
So he says, if you accept, and I do, that freedom of speech is important, then you are going to have to defend the indefensible. That means you're going to be defending the right of people to read or write or to say what you don't say or like or want said. The law is a huge blunt weapon that does not and will not make distinctions between what you find acceptable and what you don't. This is how the law is made. People making art find out where the limits of free expression are by going beyond them and getting into trouble. The law is a blunt instrument. It's not a scalpel, it's a club. If there is something you consider indefensible and there is something that you consider defensible and the same laws can take them both out, you're going to define yourself defending the indefensible. Right. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Totally perfect. Because really, Roseanne Barr, indefensible. Does she have the right to say it? Absolutely. Yes, because I don't think anything she said was actually slander. Right. Which, you know, I'm going to find out. Alex Jones is going to find out, though, with slander. Really? What? Is he getting sued? Yeah, the parents from Sandy Hook. Oh, right, right, right. What's the status of that? I have no idea. Lawsuits take a long time. I'm Google. Google. What's the status? Um... Well, InfoWars, if we wanted to give them a click, has his final statement on Sandy Hook. Um, wow, this is relatively new. I didn't realize that uh, that it was so new. So April 18th of this year, or April 17th of this year, three parents whose children were killed at Sandy Hook Elementary filed a defamation suit on Tuesday against Alex Jones, who had long claimed the shooting was completely fake and a giant hoax. Right. Uh, perpetrated by opponents of the Second Amendment. Let's call see. It somehow deep state crisis yeah. actor. So the two lawsuits filed on Tuesday re represent the first civil action taken by parents accusing Mr. Jones of defamation. One's, one was filed by Leonard Posner and his former wife, Veronica De La Rosa, and the other one was, was filed by Neil Heslin. Their sons, Noah Posner and Jesse Heslin, both six, were killed at Sandy Hook. Um, but it's probably just where we're at now. Yeah, so it looks like they just filed. I'm trying to see if they have anything at the end of the article. Hmm, interesting. So last June, a Florida woman who believes Sandy, the Sandy Hook shooting was a hoax was sentenced to five months in prison for making death threats against Mr. Posner in a voicemail message in voicemail messages and emails. Interesting. Right, well, and that's the inevitable result of what Alex Jones does. Is, you know, somebody's going to get killed off of this shit. Sometimes. That's exactly what it is, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with uh, with Pizzagate quite a while ago. I mean, when you when you perpetuate this kind of conspiracy garbage, what happens is somebody goes and shoots up a pizza place. Yeah, or technically, actually, just walked into the pizza place armed with an AK with an AR-15. No, actually, yeah. shots were fired. They just didn't we're, shoot oh, anybody. We're... Just I no one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, never mind. So, um, oh, and taking us out here, uh, a little while ago on CNN, former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, our guy, said that it would be outrageous for a sitting president to pardon himself. 
I think if the president decided he was going to pardon himself, I think that's almost self-executing and pain. I gotta listen to Preet this week. Yeah, whether or not there is a minor legal argument that some law professor somewhere in a legal journal can make that the president can pardon, that's not what the framers could have intended. It's not what the American people think or would be able to stand for. I agree. I agree. I think the thing is, is that the closer we get, the crazier it's getting, right? The thing is, Mueller hasn't even released anything, right? Right. And, and just all this crap is coming out, and it's all coming out from Trump, right? Like, this is all, you know, none of this is coming from the Mueller investigation. They're not like, yeah, we got a memo saying that they think they can pardon themselves. No, this is Giuliani, you know? It's going to be... Wait, wait a second, what did Giuliani say? Giuliani also said on NBC's Meet the Press on Sunday that Trump pardoning himself is unthinkable and would lead probably to an immediate impeachment. Oh, so I'm going to have to listen to Meet the Press today. You're going to have to listen to Giuliani some more? God damn it. I know, right? Uh... I would the presidential power. There's nothing that limits the presidential power of pardon from a federal crime, not a state crime, he said. President Trump is not going to do that. He's obviously not going to give up any of his pardon powers. Any president's powers, but up, oh, I'm losing you again, man. You're blipping I, out. I was mumbling. <laughs> Giuliani, Giuliani is unintelligible most of the time. Well, yes, there is that. Anyway, so go, Giuliani. <laughs> all right so well i guess tuned. that's that's it for this week huh yeah stay stay tuned for this conversation <laughs> right stay tuned for the next uh first amendment episode and uh and a little bit about trade yeah by the by the way giuliani what giuliani is saying is absolutely free speech should trump decide to fire him that's just the consequence of being a bad attorney <laughs> right so anyway all right, all right. that's Pr it protected right. speech man peace out <laughs> oh, that's some crazy shit ain't it <laughs> have a good week everybody hey, our freedom of speech is freedom of death we got to fight the powers that be